Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. In 1950, I started first grade and I learned how to read and that was my main motivation for being okay with school is that I was going to read and my mother said to me when she noticed that I didn't like school and I didn't like school then and I don't like school now but she said you have to go to school because they're going to teach you how to read and once you know how to read you will then be able to go anywhere you want with your mind. I thought she was very understanding and looking back I kind of think that my mother who was born in 1910 could see herself in me and I as a boy in 1950 could do things that she couldn't do as a girl in 1916 when she started first grade. So I often feel a lot of the push in my early life was that my mother really invested herself in me because I could do things at a later age in history than she could do early in the 20th century. But the moment I started reading, she signed me up for book clubs. And the very first book that I ever received in the book club were The Adventures of Robin Hood. And it was quite a, an adult version of Robin Hood. And I actually have a copy at home. And it was written in 1910 by a man by the name of Henry Gilbert, who was a British writer. It wasn't a childish book at all. It was really deep in history. It talked about all sorts of historical issues that the standard 21st century Robin Hood really wouldn't. Very literary, and you could tell the person was steeped in history. I just fell in love with Robin Hood, and it lent itself to the fact that at the back of our farm, we had 10 acres of woodland, And from the moment that I got finished reading the Robin Hood book, I knew that Sherwood Forest was actually at the back of our farm. So at this time, I could go into the woods by myself, and I would go back, and I would recreate the Robin Hood stories that I was reading in the woods. Our woods was connected to woods on both sides, and so I started to wander into other realms by crossing fence lines and sort of expanding my forest as I went. That whole notion of Robin Hood, who was an outlaw, but who was devoted to alleviating the suffering of the poor, and that made a big impact on me, you know, because he was kind of a magical character, and, you know, as I discovered later, a made-up character Not entirely untrue that there were characters like this and probably an amalgam of maybe five or six historical characters in Britain, cleaned up, of course, to make him look better than he probably was. But what I discovered about Robin Hood as I got older and I studied it, and I've gone back and read that book periodically probably every five years, And it's as interesting to me in my 70s as it was to me when I was six years old. Babs really knew about this interest that I had. And I said, you know, someday I'd like to go to Sherwood Forest. I'd like to go to the actual real Sherwood Forest, which is near Nottingham in Britain, 100 miles or so north of London. And Nottingham in history is a very, very important city. So when I was 70, she gave me on one of our trips to the UK for business, because we have Strategic Coach in London, 
she gave me three nights in Sherwood Forest as a present, and then she worked behind the scenes to get a really knowledgeable guide. And one of our clients, Gary Fletcher in Great Britain, um, had a company which had luxury cottages in old growth forests of Great Britain. And there's, I think, 20, 25, what are called old growth forests. And this is where trees go back a thousand years and beyond. You're not allowed to cut these trees down. You're not allowed to do any development of the forests. And it just so happens there was a new area of Sherwood Forest with trees that have been planted in the last 50 years, and he had luxury cottages there. So he made all the arrangements for us, and we went with some friends of ours, and we stayed. And then the first morning there we went, we met the guide who was an archaeologist who had spent his entire life in the Sherwood Forest area and knew the complete history going back thousands of years of how the forest had developed. And, and then a real expert on Robin Hood, and he told us why the legend of Robin Hood was probably the central fictional story in British history. And it's been updated every century, going back to when it was just oral stories. It wasn't written down until 1500, but it's been continually updated and new characters have been added. And, you know, wonderful. I mean, I just loved it because my mind was so steeped in this six-year-old story in my own Sherwood Forest. There's a very famous tree in Sherwood Forest. As a matter of fact, it's the most famous tree in Great Britain, and it's called the Major Oak. And it's a oak tree that's somewhere between 800 and 1,000 years old. It's monstrous, but it still exists because it's not a straight oak tree. It's kind of a crooked oak tree. And all the straight oak trees got cut down, but this crooked one lasted and it's so big that it's hollowed out because the oak trees start to hollow out when they get to be 300 years old. But this one is still living, it's still got leaves, it's all propped up with crutches so that the limbs don't fall down. But the hollowed out oak tree, you can put six adults inside this and the major oak plays a part of the Robin Hood stories. So. About 15 years ago, before 1970, they took cuttings from the major oak and created saplings. So they have a greenhouse in Devon in southwest England where they are raising little major oaks, about 200 of them, and these are given away as special gifts. If you receive a, a major oak sapling, it's a big deal. And my friend Gary Fletcher, I don't know how he did it, but he arranged that we have a new landscaping area at our home in Toronto. And as soon as it's completed, we're going to get sent from this nursery in Great Britain to a landscaper, another nursery in Toronto. I'm going to get my own, not major oak, it's a minor oak. And I understand in about 300 years, it's gonna be a really big deal so a lot of people know about my lifetime extender goal, and I may have to update it to see this tree when it's full size, but it's a kind of interesting full circle that I've come back of something I was so fascinated with, you know, imaginatively and fictionally 
when I was six years old is now going to become an actual living reality in my home in Toronto, Canada. So I love that, how your mind can work and you can keep something in your mind for so long and then some part of a childhood memory reappears in a complete real form 60 or 70 years later. It's a fascinating thing and it just shows you the power of the human brain when you really fall in love with something. One of the things I constantly tell entrepreneurs is that I have observed that the most successful entrepreneurs that I've ever met seem to have almost a direct connection with who they were when they were children. And what I mean by that is how they thought about things when they were a child and the kind of dreams they had and the kind of pictures they had of who they were going to be in the future are things to be taken seriously. I made a statement just a couple months ago and people asked me how I was doing. And one of the things that was told to me, they say, you know, you look younger now than you did 15 years ago. And I said, I think 15 years ago I was getting to be an aging adult and somewhere over the last 15 years I've gotten totally back in touch with who I was when I was six years old and I've noticed my health has improved, my fitness has improved and I think the reason is that I'm really tapping in to a great store of imagination and inspiration that really propelled me as a child. So I feel younger. I feel now as I approach my mid-70s that I'm most in touch right now with who I was when I was six years old than any of the years that have happened in between. And it makes me much more playful, it makes me much more curious, it makes me much more willing to try new things. Certainly by comparison way beyond with what I was willing to do 15 years ago. That's my observation. So what I'd like to do is ask you a question, and it may take a pencil or pen and a piece of paper, but just spend an hour sometime writing down how you were looking at the world when you were six years old and what you were thinking about and what you were dreaming about and what you thought you would be and what your future was going to be. And my feeling is that there's a great deal of energy in the answers that you put down on paper, that you'll get back in touch with experiences when the world was very exciting, it all lay in the future for you, and you felt very motivated, you felt very energized, and really open to learning many new things. And if you just keep being in touch with those early experiences, you'll notice that a lot of energy and a lot of excitement will actually come back into your life. And now that you realize the importance of it, you never have to lose this again. You'll never forget this again. And people will notice it. People will say, boy, you got a bounce in your step today. You know, you seem a lot more lively than I remember. And I think the reason why people get old is that they forget who they were when they were young. I'm right back in touch with it. and. I'm never going to disconnect from it again. Mm -hmm.